Welcome back to another episode of Stefan and Friends. Still no friends. Don't worry, they're coming. I do have friends. I promise you that. Um, If you are joining us for the first time or if you're joining us again, welcome. Thanks for being here. Thanks for joining me. And uh, you can go back into the archives, listen to the last three episodes because today is episode four. Uh, the first one, The Call. The second one, Mind the Gap. The last one, last week's episode, Jesus and Politics. What flag will get us into heaven? And uh, again, as always, want to thank you for, for being on this journey with me. Not sure how long we're here for, but we're here for a good time every time. And uh, yeah, it's kind of fun to do this. I'm starting to get the hang of it. And by hang of it, I mean like I'm getting back into the swing of this conversational aspect of recording the only difference is that my history has always been to record with other people, right? And so these solo episodes are kind of hard because it's me having this one-way conversation. And so to some people, I sound angry about some things. To other people, I'm just droning on. And so my my always goal is to provide good content, and I want to help leaders. And so... I'm sharing my opinions on some stuff and sharing some of the things that I've seen from, you know, a decade and a half of leadership in the church. And so, yeah, I hope that uh, that makes you want to stick around for a little bit more. And on that note, a decade and a half of leadership I've led uh, in a in a, in a very unique circumstances. Uh, one circumstance was a a satellite church plant. Um, so multi-site, but not multi-site, but kind of multi-site. And so that was an interesting sort of thing. I did kids ministry for five years. Uh, and that was interesting. It was, it was a unique dynamic. And I learned a lot, um, especially because the main site was such a big organization. Right, we're talking big church. And so you have the big church dynamic, but also at the same time, you're a smaller church, but a part of the same entity. And so that was unique. That was fun. That was interesting. And I now that I look back on it, uh, I didn't take advantage of that as much. And by take advantage, I mean, I didn't learn as much as I I could have in that season. Ugh, season. Uh, that's a word we probably need to stop using in Christendom. But yeah, that was a very fun time. Learning time, but I didn't learn as much as I could have. And then I I transitioned, another word we need to stop using, uh, moved out from there into my present location. Um, And that was also a unique situation because we were in the midst or the beginning, or well, no, not even. Uh, When I got here, we, the church was, had building plans, but had not been able to secure all the funding needed and all the other arrangements to get that done and so about a year into my time here uh that's when that happened so i've been here for seven eight years now Uh, so it's been it's been an interesting interesting wild ride and i think when i yeah when i look back on the chapter of this season oh sorry i use it again Uh, but when i look back on the chapter of this time it'll be Interesting. I'm a little bit more seasoned now. I've got probably uh, a lot of stories to tell uh, just in things I've learned and what I've seen. 
And it's been actually very helpful in shaping uh, how I lead. And to be honest, I've learned more from just watching and not trying to replicate uh, than I have from what I should replicate. But all that to get to this point is that in both stays, I've received a paycheck. Today, I want to go back a little bit into that topic I talked about a couple weeks ago, Mind the Gap, and and sort of dive deeper into one topic that that is a consistent theme, a consistent topic that comes up in my conversations with, with different people. And that's the idea of what do we pay pastors? What do we pay ministry leaders? And, you know, the, the, the way our constitution breaks down here is that the only person that matters is the main leader, is the senior leader, the lead pastor, the senior pastor. Um, like I've probably said or tweeted before, we do a good job of taking care of the main person, but but we don't take care of other people as a church, right? Like other leaders. Uh, and in my experience, you know, the main leader doesn't really look out for the for the for the others. That's probably we we would hope. Having been an other, you know, and experiencing those conversations and be and you know trying to figure out like, hey, what's happening here? Oh well, nobody told us. What do you mean nobody told us? I had a specific conversation with this person about pay, right? And so, like, where do we as as leaders, how do we push forward towards receiving, you know, what we feel is right? I think that's an important thing that we need to talk about because I feel like in my conversations with a lot of people, there are a lot of people who aren't getting compensated properly. Now, I'm not necessarily meaning that, hey, you're going to push the church into into debt because your salary is so big. I think that when we have this conversation, especially around pay, and maybe I need to do a better job for what I mean by pay, um, let me change that to remuneration, right? Like what are you getting for your employment? Because at the end of the day, if we're going to establish churches the way that we have, we need to be uh, aware of the fact that we're hiring employees, and so, what do we what do we pay somebody in terms of cash payment, but also or money in the bank, but also like what other benefits are there to to your work that makes you feel fulfilled on that side of it? Because listen, I've had times where I've been spiritually fulfilled, but when I look at the bank, I'm not being uh, financially fulfilled. You get me? And so, like, how do we? First of all. I think we're going to come at it, or this is how we're going to come at it to begin with, is how do we, as the non-senior leader, how do we approach that? And how do we approach that conversation, whether it be with a lead pastor or whether it be with the board? In my experience, the lead pastor never fought for me. Uh, so it's, 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 it's going to be the board or your, your board or your you know committee of finance, whatever you have, your HR committee, compensation committee, depending on how well-structured your church is. Uh, so how do we do that? I think the first thing that we need to recognize is we always need to recognize the financial footing of the church. The church, you know, isn't always going to be swimming in cash. 
the church is is dependent on the the tithes and offerings of the people that you're leading and so you're not going to be able to be like hey i need x amount when your church is like hey we're two two hundred thousand dollars in debt right now it's just not gonna work but there are other things right can you get an extra two weeks off of vacation we live in a world now and i i'm I don't even think that the vacation rules that we have in our fellowship make sense anymore. Like I, I, I'm looking at a lot of things in, in not only this job, not only my ministry job, but my outside ministry job. And I'm like, dude, the way that we are trying to take care of people doesn't work in 2023 anymore. Vacation, you know, you need more time off. You need more time away from work because work has gotten so stressful. In fact, in the GTA specifically, like you think about life here, we're always on, we're always going, there's always something. And as a pastor, as a leader, if if your people are always going, there's a strong chance that you're always going. If your people are always on, if your people are working, you know, 24-7, not saying they're working like literally 24-7, but if they're if your church has people who are that busy or who are working in like at that many hours consistently or they have families, so their families are always on the move, then there's a strong chance that you, as a leader, you're going to be going 24-7. And so if you can't get, you know, paid, quote unquote, in that cash money, then can you get another week off? Like, I think everybody should start a four weeks vacation, one per season, like, you know, spring, summer, fall, winter, one per season. That's how it should be. Because you need, we need as leaders, we need to be rested. We need, and, and I don't mean rested, like, you know, in the sense of, of, hey, you're sleepwalking through your job. I, you legitimately need to get away and recharge your batteries get away and have that time to be like, hey, I don't have to think about X, Y, and Z for one week. So my first suggestion would be if you can't get the if you can't get the guap, if you can't, you know what I mean, if the if the if the money is not available, can you get one or two extra weeks of vacation? In fact, if you're going into a position, I would suggest that you in your negotiations you say I need four weeks of vacation, part-time or full-time. That doesn't even matter because we all know that dirty little secret, that part-time work isn't really part-time. It's just a way for the church to, to, to get more, more work out of somebody. But can you get more time off four weeks, five weeks because you need it. Your body needs it. And, and, and if you're married, your marriage needs it. I think if you were to ask my wife, uh, one of the things that she hates about the fact that I, I work in a church is just the, well, a couple of things, but the one is the time, uh, the lack of, of, of rest that I get, partially to my own fault, and it's also partially to the fault of the church. We haven't really done a good job of raising up people. We don't have good leaders. And by good leaders, I mean like, people who are able to lead in the absence of of us staff right like we just don't have it and that's not you know 
the church can only do what the church can do. But that takes away from 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 us. And it's partially on me as a pastor because you never want to see things fall apart. You don't you always want to see things well and people look to you. And so there those times of vacation are super important. Now I could also do a better job of guarding my away time, but again, like I said, you know, sometimes you get you get stuck working from home and next thing you know, you've been working at home for two hours when it's dinner time, right? Like it's just no excuse, but it is what it is. And I know that a lot of you as leaders, you've probably been there and we need to do a greater job. Nay, I need to do a better job of guarding that time. So that's the first thing might not get the guap, but can you get the time off? Cause time off is just as valuable as money. Maybe even more valuable when you think about it. Second thing, if you can't get the time off, you can't get the guap. And we'll come back to getting more guap, uh, getting more money. Sorry. Um, second thing is then, second thing is this, can your responsibilities lighten? And this is tough. This is tough because, you know, churches are notorious for having that as, you know, as needed by lead pastor. Churches are notorious for adding on things and not adding on bread to the paycheck, right? So right now, I currently have like eight or nine, uh, five or six, seven, seven different things under my portfolio. Um, never saw a pay increase. And so if we're, you know, we're talking about remuneration. We can release stress by having one less thing to worry about. So if you're, you know, if you're overseeing kids, but you're also doing creative stuff and you have to oversee, you know, some operation stuff. Can you can you let go of one of those two extra things? And it might not even be like that much, but it's just it's things that were, were will take up some of your of your mind space. And so trying to be responsible with your own head, your own mental health. We're going to touch back on that in a minute. Right. Trying to be responsible for that. It's can can you come off of some of these duties? Especially in a smaller church, it's tough because you you don't have many people, right, in terms of staffing. But some of these things need to get done. I remember remember when I worked at, at the Satellite Church. We had to set up and tear down every Sunday. Like that that aspect it's not mentally draining it's physically draining i remember one sunday uh i did it for the first like first time because i'd never done it but i wanted to like experience it again that's part of that learning stuff like that's stuff i learned right just to set up and to tear down and we had tremendous volunteers where after a time they wouldn't let me or any like this is probably one of the best times i've ever best the best respect I've had, I've gotten for being a leader 
was when a volunteer was like, no, no, you're, you're one of our leaders. You're one of our pastors. You don't do this. And I was like, but I want to. And this person was very adamant. No, you don't. I was like, okay. That was like one of the best, but that was one of the best uh, experiences I've had. Like the respect for a leader where you don't want him to do work. I don't know. Maybe I messed up in the head, but I thought that was really cool. I haven't gotten to that level. I've never, I haven't seen that since. Um, but can, can things be lightened so that your brain can rest? So your brain doesn't have to be constantly thinking about things because I don't know if this has happened to you, but it's happened to me where I've woken up in the middle of the night and be like, Oh no, I've forgotten to do something. And then it just eats away at you. You see, physical rest is good but mental rest is good as well and important especially in 2023 when we're we're actually talking more about mental health and mental health is something that that we need to prioritize are we taking care of our mental health so if the church can't pay you can they take things off of your plate so that your brain can be healthy this ties into to the next one is can the church kick, how can the church take care of your mental health beyond re- releasing you from from an um from a duty is the church taking care of you mentally by allowing you to have have time to by paying for right by paying for you to be able to go and sit with a a therapist to go and sit with a counselor I wonder how many churches are doing that. Are any churches doing that? Now, listen, as as a credential holder, uh, and if you're a credential holder, you know this, we have access to these things already. But are we, are, is your church prioritizing it? Is your church making sure that you're in a good headspace to go along with mental health? Is your church taking, how does your church take care of you physically? Are they giving you, a discounted gym membership like have they gone out and sought out a corporate rate so that you can you know exercise because we don't talk about that enough the unhealthiness uh, in ministry you know we get up we'll have one two three coffees during the day we'll sit for five six hours right we'll eat terribly if we go out to eat with somebody but are they making sure that you have the opportunity to get to a gym and to work out and the reason I tie these two together, I don't know about you, but for me, when I'm in the gym, uh, that's my mental time. That's that's also time that I can clear up my mentals, whether it be lifting or if I'm on the cardio machine, right? Like though, that's important to me. And so, is is your church, is your leadership, and leadership can be your your lead pastor. But again, in my experience, and in a lot of experiences from people I've talked to. Lead pastor sort of just lets you float out there on your own, and so you do. It, it's more the board, a compensation committee, a finance committee, an HR committee. Are th- are they aware of these ways of of compensation? And if they're not aware, it's time to make them aware. We're living in in an era, in an age where. I've seen, experienced people being taken advantage of in the name of Jesus. 
Like, I, I think I tweeted out earlier, why do Christian leaders treat other Christian leaders so bad? And I'm not even talking about, like, the Christians, the celebrities, the Christian celebrities culture that exists and, you know, talking about things like that. No, it's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about in, like, our local churches. Why do Christian leaders treat other Christian leaders so bad? The people that have the ability to say, hey, let's help people. Let's help our pastors. Let's take care of them. They don't. And again, this goes back to minding the gap. This goes back to, you know, some of the conversations we've had. This contributes to why it's hard to find leaders. We treat people badly. We we hold a, a we hold the brass rings high above their head. And every time someone reaches to grab for that brass ring, we pull it up higher. I, I, I keep telling people, listen, the skills that you have in ministry, if you learn to uh, if you learn to put them down properly, write them down, describe them, you could make a lot of money in the business sector. Just think about it. Think about, you know, when you preach. You're talking to a multi-generational people if you're if you preach on a Sunday morning that you're able to hold their attention for 30 minutes, half an hour, right? 35 minutes, 40 minutes. You're able to do it with, you know, if you're really good, you're able to do it with minimal notes. You're able to do it in an engaging way. That could translate to the business world. Think about the organization that takes to, to do some of the admin work that we do, planning events. These are skills that in the business world would command high salaries, but here in the church world, it doesn't. Now, not it's not, you know, we don't do this work, this kingdom work for the paycheck, right? The joke is we don't come into ministry for the paycheck because we know it's not going to be there. But at the same time, we, we're not doing this work to be taken advantage of. And I think that's contributed this mindset that, hey, you're doing the Lord's work and so your reward will be in heaven. That mindset has permeated the church and permeated church leaderships and boards and whatnot for years. There are lead pastors who have forgotten what it's like to be a youth pastor. There are lead pastors who think this mindset of pay your dues and because I started out, you know, making X amount and not being able to, that's, that mindset is terrible. That mindset is not going to work, especially with the next generation. After my generation, I'm a millennial. It's talked about before. It's not going to work. Especially when people can stay at home, make TikToks and make money. Why would I have to go to church? Why would I go work in a church, get treated poorly, get paid poorly, when I could stay at home, make TikToks, oh, and still experience all of the fullness of going to church and still experience the fullness of being in relationship with people and having a relationship with God. I can use my gifts and skills on TikTok. So it's important for us as leaders to remember these things. It's important for us as leaders to look around and say, okay, We've got to do better because in case you don't know this about me, I'm always wanting for the church to be better. I'm always wanting for our fellowship to be better. Not for the sake of, hey, we're the best, but for the sake of, hey, let's be, let's be authentically kingdom people. 
That's why it's all it's always slightly frustrating when I hear stories of how people deal with other leaders. Cuz it's not cool. We like we set the bar so low at times. So lastly, we've talked about mental health, physical health, right? Relieving some stuff, vacations. Let's come down, let's get right down to it. Let's talk about pay. Because pay is hard to quantify because every church, regardless of whether you're Pentecostal, Baptist, it doesn't matter. Every church is is different. Every structure is different. Every organization is different. And so how do we say, hey, I think I deserve this much? Do we base it on, well, how many people do you have coming? Youth ministry. Well, are you getting, how many kids are you getting? Are you getting 50 kids? Are you getting 10? Like, well, how many are you getting? Like, what, like, right? History tells us, and, you know, if you've been in church for a long time, you know that the dictate, that what dictates, what dictates pay is the, is people. Are you getting, are you getting people? We think that more people mean something is healthy, which isn't true. <laughs> more people doesn't mean anything is healthy. It just means that we've put on a good show and people like the show. But again, you can't, com- especially like, especially if you have a board that's not really ministry minded, they won't see it that way. We've been conditioned to, um, We've been conditioned in church to count only, obviously, butts and bucks. Right? That's all we care about. How many butts are in the seat? How much money is being brought in? And that will dictate everything. But I I come back to this question that I, I've posed a few times on Twitter. Isn't isn't the church's responsibility to take care of the pastors? Like, shouldn't the church care about how their pastors are living? Does it make sense for a pastor to potentially have to go to the food bank because, hey, I'm doing youth ministry and I only make 35000 and the amount of money I pay in rent and all this stuff, especially where I live, the GTA, nothing is cheap. Housing, not cheap. Food, not cheap. And so I think we need to go to our our boards, our financial committees, our whatever, and say, listen, I'm doing this job, but around me, I see other people making X. Do your research, of course. Now, I'm not looking for their paycheck. I I don't know what it is, but I do think, you know, I need to get fair market value. And determining fair market value is really difficult because of what I said. We count... How many people are coming? But regardless of how many people are coming, the work is going to be the same. It might not be the same amount of time that you spend on the work. You might not do the same amount of admin and and uh, care that that someone with you know sixty students does as comparison to to you to you with twenty students. But in essence, the job is the same. 
And so I don't know if if it's helpful for churches to have salary grids. I don't know if it's helpful for churches to have, um, you know, the, that that grid. And here's what you can max out at at your position. The most you'll ever make as a youth pastor in this location is sixty three two. Right, the mo- I, like I don't know how that works, but I think that we need to come to a healthy understanding that we're paying people to do a work. And if we don't pay them properly, if we don't take care of them properly, we're going to burn them out and they might just drop out of ministry altogether. Now I need what I need though. And I think I'm going to, I'm gonna, I want to make this a future episode is I want like a lead pastor to come on here and have this conversation with me because I can't see it from their perspective. I'm, I'm not a lead pastor. And so I, I don't know the perspective from that, from that side. I know my side and I'm very, listen, go find out what your lead pastor makes. That's why I tell all, all, all non-lead pastor pastors go find out what your lead pastor makes and it's readily available on the internet find that out look at yours and be like okay does this seem like a fair fair balance here like and balance is the wrong word does this seem fair and if not then have that conversation figure out what you're worth and try to get that because we're talking money we're talking, you know, getting that money, getting, getting, in fact, not even just money, getting that whole remuneration package, what money, vacation, all that stuff, figure that out and get that. But I, uh, but I do want like a lead pastor to come out here and be like, no, you're wrong. Here's why you're wrong. And da, 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 da. I like, I, I want that conversation. Cause I want to know like, what, what are the thoughts on that side? From my experience, I have never, I haven't been fought for in terms of that. And so I wonder like, are there lead pastors that go to bat for their, for their staff like that? That's something I would love to know. But I think that we need to have honest conversations around pay, staffing pay. The other conversation I think we need to have at some point in time is that honorarium pay. What is that and how do we do, like, do we do a good job of that? But I've taken up a lot of time already. Thank you, as always, for joining me, Stefan and friends. Am I wrong on this? If I'm wrong on the pay, would you shout me out? Follow us on the IG at Stefan and friends. You know my personal IG. You can follow me there as well. But if I'm wrong on this, I need someone to holler at me. I want someone to come on here and yell at me and be like, you're wrong. And I want someone to tell me why I'm wrong. I'm also, I also want a lead pastor to come on here and have this conversation with me as well. Because I think this is one that's not going away. I think this is one, I think we're on a slippery slope downwards before we'll get upwards on this issue. People aren't being taken care of. And, and in this day and age, especially in the GTA, hey, gonna need more money to live. So yeah, I want to I want to have that conversation with somebody. But as always, thanks for joining me. Appreciate you. Love you. Follow us on the IG 
subscribe to the Substack. There are a list of people on my Substack that, that I follow. You probably know some of them already. I don't need to give their names. You know who they are. Uh, those people are, are tremendous people. Follow me on the Twitter machine. Just type in Stefan, and I think mine will pop up. It's like Stefan Watson 23. I don't even know my own Twitter handle anymore. I just, yeah, because Twitter's a, a, a mess nowadays. Thanks, Elon. All we wanted, all we wanted on Twitter was an edit button. That's it. I just wanted to edit a, a tweet that had a, a bad spelling. That's all we wanted. Anyway, this has been Stefan and Friends. Appreciate you. Love you. Same bat time, same bat channel. I feel like the Mondays, like, I try to drop these Mondays at noon. Fresh start to your week. So, I don't know. Hey, also, do me a favor. Like, share, and subscribe. Appreciate it. Peace. here uh on the overtime question i I don't know if we'll ever get to a full episode of talking about honorariums not really sure but if we're asking someone to come in and preach asking someone to come and lead worship should we not try to take care of them very well like i i just wonder like what kind of culture are we honoring people and are we being upfront in that I was, I'm always, like, I'm hesitant to be like, hey, if you want me to come speak, that's going to be, like, X amount. Like, I feel I feel kind of dirty in doing that, but at the same time, like, if I'm putting in work on a message, like, should I not be compensated for that? And if you know me, you know my process. It's not like, hey, okay, I'm just going to preach from this verse and boom, it's an, right? Like, I'm not doing an hour of prep. I, I want to make sure that... If you're bringing me in, I'm doing my best and I'm giving you my best. So I don't know. That's a conversation we need to have. Also, I'm looking for really crazy honorarium stories. I just want to know. Hit me up.